The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino on Online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. That's all I'm saying. I heard that. Come on and play that book. I'm really feeling that. Come on and smash track. It's just a regular. Uh-uh. To <sighs> Doesn't match up very well because, you know. I mean, it kind of does. So. It, it kind of does. I'm like, I'm the female vocals and you're Timberland. We just need an open job. You know what's the bane of my existence? What's the bane? Is pulling out my phone and doing anything with my phone and having it interfere with the Bluetooth of my headset. I thought you were going to say caffeine is the bane of your existence. No, because I don't drink caffeine really that much. I know, but that's what Bane says. Oh, yeah. No, he says caffeine is his reckoning. Oh, caffeine is reckoning. What was the bane of his existence? He doesn't even. He doesn't even say that. He says it's on his mug that he drinks out of in the Harley Quinn show. But I always imagine oh. him saying it, going like, "Caffeine is my reckoning." <laughs> What's funny is when you said, "Oh, you kind of see your oh, <laughs> oh yes." Oh my god! You know the season of that show. I know. Can't wait. So good. That show was so fucked. That show was way better than it had any right to be. It's it one of those things where I'm like, "This will be live action thing that DC has ever produced." <laughs> it's close. It's close. What's, what's, it's not what's far number off. one? What's number one for Dark you? Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah, that's hard to dispute. Yeah, I'd say the Dark it Knight. It seems like such a cliche answer, right? Like, what's your favorite? But it's what's there's a reason movie? it's a fucking Shawshank Redemption. Nah, Shawshank Redemption. Really? I hate. I mean, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. But I mean, like, it's it's not like up there for me as like you know top movies of all time. It's great. It's a classic. But it feels it falls under like classic really good early to mid 90s category interesting interesting obviously you know obviously good quality but i'm not necessarily going to lose any sleep over it or gain I mean, it's any hard sleep to lose over sleep over it. It. gain well, any actually, sleep no, over it well i guess thinking you could about it lose sleep over it because tnt plays all the time right because they know drama and you just sit there and watch it <laughs> So I haven't had cable since 2009, so I don't fucking know what the kids are watching these days on cable, on cable, as they call it. Is cable antique? Is that an antique? I don't think so. I think I'm just weird. I think I, I was very much an early adopter of like, eh, I'll just go streaming service. Like the second Hulu existed, done. Done. I'm out. Didn't need cable anymore. Hulu I, and Netflix. Um... That's what I lived on for years. Hulu and Netflix. Yeah, and then shit opened up. And now I'm paying 
a lot of dollars a month, basically cable, except, basically. you know, not really, not really though, because like you, if you got cable, you wouldn't get all the shows. You wouldn't get Apple TV plus shows. You wouldn't get the, the Hulu shows. You wouldn't get the, actually, I don't watch the Hulu shows. I don't know. Why I said that you wouldn't get the fucking, uh, the Netflix originals, the HBO no Max originals. You don't watch Modoc? That's on Hulu. I don't watch Modoc. No. Okay. Should I? Is it good? I keep forgetting it exists. So I guess that's, it's not bad, but it, it doesn't, it's no Harley Quinn. How about that? All right. I mean, few things are, few things are Harley Quinn. Let's be real. Um, God, that show's so good. Really Did you watch? That flight attendant show on HBO starring Kaylee Cuoco. Kaylee Cuoco? No, I heard it's really good though. I watched the first episode. I was like, this is really fucking good. I should continue watching it. And then I haven't I yet. But uh, it's really good. I was really impressed with it. I'm going to rewatch it at some, that first episode and then continue on because it was great. I want you to know you've just uh, described my One Piece experience. <laughs> you, yeah, that's fair. But the thing is, I have, to have, I have to keep going back to you and I keep reminding you and forcing you to read it because... You got some shit to go through, man. You got you got I'm, some cool things to go through. I no, no, don't. I, I don't like that tone. That I'm tone. Busy. I don't. That apologetic <laughs> tone. I, I know that tone. I use that tone. It's not, it's not my fault. Life is happening way too fast. Yeah. So, yeah. Life does happen. Life happens one quarter mile at a time. By the way, oh, so I have man. to talk about this, that like F9, complete garbage movie. I stand by that. However, I have... We have watched the first five Fast and Furious movies now yes. in a couple yes. weeks since. <laughs> and I know for a fact, once we get, to, once we watch F8, I'm going to be like, let's go watch Fast 9 again in the movies. <laughs> yes. I was like, maybe now we'll appreciate it. Because I feel bad. There's a thing about the Fast and Furious movies, Fast 4 and up, that I kind of, I kind of liken them to the Mission Impossible movies, yeah. 3 and up, where I watch them. But I don't, I can never tell them apart and I never really? remember what they're about. And it's to me, it's just, I, I have a hard time telling them apart. And I was like, did I see that one? Like, yeah, I saw it, but I don't remember anything about it. Like, so I couldn't tell I, you, I can't even tell you the plot of any of them. That's crazy. Past, I, will, on. I was on a Fast and Furious podcast and I didn't have this problem. I'm, I'm not trying to do my own homework. I didn't have this problem, but other people had the exact problem that you're describing. Like we're on, we're on a podcast and people were like, which is the one where they were doing this and wasn't six where they were in dubai it's like no that was seven and then like yeah, dubai it was happened seven. a couple of times where people just kept mixing and it was like no no no, it's this one which is the one with the tank that was five like no 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 that was so, eight right no the one with the tank was uh six six okay yeah the yes, six yeah. i i feel like six is underappreciated mostly because it came after five but six is the one where gal gadot died spoilers this is the one where, um, with the long ass runway in the airplane, and this is the one where uh, the tank was tearing up the road and Letty like flew from one highway to the other and Dom like drove the car, jumped out of the car, caught her in midair. Um, that was definitely the superhero one where it's like, this shit is just off the rails now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think here. Something that revisiting those older movies is that, made me realize something was missing from like Fast and Furious and Fast Five. And I think it continued through maybe Fast Six. That was like the last one was internal conflict. Mm. Um, I kind of missed that. They need to get some more internal conflict <laughs> up in that team, you know? 
just sort of the relationship between, you know, Brian and that one guy whose name I forget from the first one who came back in Fast Five. Vince. Um, Vince. And then, you know, Dom and Brian didn't even fucking like each other until the fourth one. Yeah. And, you know, just like all these other things. And then, of course, The Rock for the fifth one. And then him still being somewhat antagonistic for a bit. Not really. Kind of in a joke yeah. after that. But then, like, that's that sort of all the internal shit. It kind of went away after in seven. So you got Tej and um, Roman. But that's after that's Ramsey. not real. But yeah. that's not real. That's it's like that's real. like busting. That's like busting balls. That's just like goofing off. Yeah, that's really it. Um, it all the I, I think so. I can see it from both perspectives. I think they're trying to drive home the point that they're a family now. But I think at the same time, families fight and families squabble, and there isn't a lot of that in these anymore. All of the the conflict comes externally so you've got mr nobody little nobody um i forgot about <laughs> i forgot about little nobody he wasn't even <laughs> i feel bad because he like has zero yeah. charisma yeah he's terrible <clears throat> which is he's weird because you know who that is right just, it's clint eastwood's son scott eastwood yeah right? i mean it's yeah. weird to have a dude that doesn't speak have so much charisma and then his son is just like none of that you got none of that yeah i uh i mean it's it's a big shadow to live under so like i don't want to like hate on him because of that it's just no he doesn't, he's not bad at some certain things but just something about his delivery just doesn't pack the punch it's not so much hating on him as you have a movie trilogy called the man with no name series and he barely spoke in those westerns and everybody wanted to be like him right like Stephen King wrote an entire series based on one experience after watching those movies. So like the dark tower that is based on his experience watching the man. That's not a trilogy. That's like an eight or seven book series. Right. But he, to the best of my recollection, he based Roland off of the man, no name. Right. Oh yeah. That's easy to see. Yeah. So it's just fascinating to me. Like this guy has all this just dripping charisma off of him and his son just like not surprising for me i'm nothing like my dad at all so i got i got none of the things that he has period it's annoying i'm exactly like my dad which is annoying that is i don't know if it's annoying it's annoying but yeah it's annoying okay well i like when you can see it i'll take your word for it yeah it's annoying it's annoying um do you want to do a show Seems like yeah, let's do a show. I'm, I'm trying to think here, like the F9 shit. Like, I just I'm surprised like how much I'm invested, reinvested in it now. And I hope by the time I get to F9, I'm gonna come back and be like, you know what? I was wrong. That was a good movie. I, I know because I think for me, the action is so hollow that mm. it it hurts the overall effect of the movie. Um, it's just not exciting. What the hell, Justin so, Lin? You did you did some good action in I'm Fast shocked. and Furious and F Fast Five and all that. What what happened? I mean, all of his are really good, um, no, especially in no. terms of action. Tokyo Drift is dog shit. Tokyo it's Drift not. is the worst. It's not. It's Tokyo terrible. Tokyo Drift. So not only is terrible. Tokyo Drift really good, it no, oh, is go, one of the ones. Don't don't don't. It, it completely altered the face of uh, racing, just generally. It introduced the West to drifting. I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit. No, you don't introduce the West to drifting. 
Tok- uh, initial D. That initial D? the West. You know how many yeah. people walk outside and say like, hey, what's initial D? Okay, what's my point is this. <laughs> That's still a shitty movie. That's a shitty movie. I, I don't disagree with you. I think that for people like you and me, initial D is the thing. I agree 100%. But for the average person, it's Tokyo Trip. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I don't, I don't care about what influence it had on the racing scene. Zero fucks <laughs> given. I care about how just shitty of a movie it is. I, I it's not, it's not a good movie. It's really, I mean, I'll give you this. The racing is interesting. Yeah. But that's it. It's a good movie. No, it's, it's it literally opens up with a cheerleader going, me, whoever wins gets me. That's bullshit. That's stupid. So I hate you're, it. You're going back and looking at it with your 2021 eyes. No, 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 no. I no no no. In two thousand fucking five. At the time, yep. I was just like, no, no. That's really this is stupid. Yeah. Man, you are you are a man ahead of your time. Cause I was like, man, this is this is He's like, oh fuck! I want, I want to race for this girl. I'm all over it. I'm all over it. I will race the dude from um, Tool Time. What's the name of that show? Tim Allen show. What's the name of that? Al? Huh? No, his son. Oh, Zachary Ty Bryan. Yeah, I'll race yeah. that kid for his girlfriend. It's prom right, day. Man. Prom day. It was innocent. Whatever, man. You prom saw day. what happened. You're gonna race your race, fucking Zachary Ty Bryan. End up in Japan, and. uh yeah, I don't see the downside here. <laughs> Did you see his quarters? Did you see where he lived? His, yeah, lived in a closet. That's school, school is with. That's all of Japan. It's like it's like That's fucking Harry Japan. Potter. That's all of Japan. Living under the stairs. It's fun. I'll, I'll take it. I would rather do that. Anyways, Tokyo Drift is terrible. I really like Too Fast Too Furious. Wabaki. Which is weird. That's you know, that's universally the bad one. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think the third one is. I think I can understand. Here's the thing. I love the second one, but I can understand people saying it's bad. But the third one is worse. I'm trying to think. Do it. so. We talked about also the sound mixing is weird. Drift, watch watch the opening drift of, of Tokyo Drift. The opening of it. Uh, the people are talking. There's like no ambient audio going on with all the people talking. I remember thinking that was weird at the time. That is like, a that weird, weird deep cut and a reason <clears throat> not to like the movie. Like, no, I no, that's 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 just just an extra that's, compounded that's, reason. This layer that's on why. the cake. I got it. And how frosting. come? How how come? Like, why would the freaking yakuza boss agree to a race for no reason? Because he's old, like, man. You know, he wants some entertainment. He's like, hey. You know what? I'm tired of watching people get shot and chopped up. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's mix it up, baby. Let's see a thing. All right. Fair enough. Home improvement. Well, I That's think. What I was thinking of. Home yeah, I knew what you meant. Uh, I didn't realize you're still trying to find the name of it. I it was no, no. I wasn't looking for it. It was just bothering. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see if my brain could come up with it on my own. And as soon as we moved away from it, there it was. Home improvement. I was just thinking about home improvement the other day. I was in my backyard and I was like looking at the fence and I was like, if I had a neighbor who peered over a fence, he wouldn't be tall enough. It's like, I have my fences too tall. I was like, do we have short fences that are like five feet that are like five and a half feet, maybe where your eyes Not just peer over it. I don't know if that's a cultural thing of where he was, where he lived. Did he live in LA? I'm assuming. Wait, hold on. I have a fence now. I can confirm. Hold on a sec. All right. No, I can definitely look over my fence. You can? I can. Okay. It's way so shorter yeah, than me. Maybe it's just a me thing. I mean, I have a fence that's short, that's like four foot. That's like a chain link fence, like between my neighbors. But like yeah. as far as like a privacy fence, wood, yeah, a wooden privacy fence. That's a, 
I, I don't know if I've seen very many that are under five and a half feet. Which is weird. Like, so does that make Wilson very And again, tall? Wilson could be six yeah. feet. It could be, he could be six foot something and it could be a six foot fence, I guess. I'm just short. I'm five foot eight. So um, yeah. Anyway, I think we have a show. We have two things to actually talk about. Uh, we got the- Which makes sense, right? Two man show, two things. Two things, two man. That show. sounds very um, matrixy, right? That sounds like kismet. What did what did Morpheus say? It sounds like destiny. Two objectives. I don't remember. Two two hosts. You don't remember that because it's a bad movie. That's why. Which one? Uh, was it Reloaded? Movie. It was the one I think I watched the most. Ironically enough, I'm pretty sure I watched that movie like 40 times, and for some reason I don't remember that line. So I can acknowledge that it is not a good movie. I can too. But I did watch it a lot. And I can acknowledge that it has a lot of interesting ideas. The thing is, I actually, I went through a phase where it's like I watched it and I fucking loved it because there's the Matrix. And then I went through a phase where like, oh, terrible. But now I go back, I'm looped back where I'm just like, you know what? I appreciate a lot of the things they were trying to accomplish with that movie that they just fell on their face with. I appreciate it a lot. And so the real um, question is, how do you feel about three? It's fine. It's kind of paint by numbers. <laughs> the thing is, I watch it and it's entertaining and I remember that one guy like fighting in like the mech suit and like getting torn up by like the machines, freaking epic. I, I just remember liking it and being like sort of on the edge of my seat. But like after it was done, there was like nothing more. There was nothing more to it. Yeah, it was kind of hollow. Like I didn't feel the need to revisit it. <laughs> the Matrix revisited. Um, <laughs> there is, I feel like the big problem for me is the ending. I think that's the biggest letdown. Not even letdown. What, the where, discussion between the Oracle and the, the architect or the engineer, whatever his name is. Like, I feel like I needed something more at the end uh, to explain the deal that Neo made with the machines and how he decided that he was going to sacrifice himself. Like, did he always know that? I don't know. It just seems weird. Was it as weird as, as Loki? The, the, the finale of the show that we all got to witness. Man, man, I don't. So I am glad that these shows came out in the order that they did because everything else would have been, I don't want to say exponentially dis more disappointing, but this was just far and away the most solid of the three Marvel series that we've gotten. I'd say it's the most solid of any Disney Plus original series that we've gotten thus far i agree i think in retrospect wandavision was unique but it was probably the most uneven of them yeah i think falcon and the winter soldier was the most solid across the board but also really didn't do much exciting for me pretty i wouldn't say paint by numbers a pretty like what you'd expect it was like a marvel almost. movie yeah it was exactly like a marvel movie yeah and then this one was just like it has the weird stuff and it has like the the universe breaking events it just has it all and uh yeah i really like it quite a bit actually and i didn't have the same problem that a lot of you had with the mid episodes with how slow they went or what or things that happened but um anyways i like the way it turned out i thought it was great and i did not expect what we got at the end to happen and i was kind of on the edge of my seat waiting to see ooh what are they going to do? Um, so spoilers, yeah. if you haven't, if you haven't seen the finale to Loki, we'll talk about this probably for the next 20 minutes or so. Yeah. But I, I kind of messed four, up. I'm buying into, what are you doing? What are you counting down? I'm counting spoilers? down to spoilers. Yeah. 
So it's boilers. You said the thing. You should have quit stop. I, I just I'm giving them time stop. to pull out their headphones or to stop oh their things so that I'm being considerate. You care you care way too much about people. Um yeah. Anyways, continue. I I'm I keep finding myself buying into the things that Marvel says. So I, I'm trying to find it. I remember a time when Kevin Feige said, like, hey, you won't have to watch the shows to understand what happens in the movies. Do you recall him saying something like that? No, I'm gonna have to translate. I, I remember. I remember him saying that people asking, "How much will these shows tie into the to the movies?" And he said, "Completely." That quote I remember. Um, I'm gonna have to look for this now. Because, um, but if that's what he said, like he's full of shit. Like we've gotten to the point where you kind of have to watch things. Like I feel like they've given up trying to make it accessible. Here we go. And maybe it was specific, so maybe this was my mistake. It was specific to WandaVision. He said Marvel fans don't need to watch WandaVision to understand the movies. Um, and so he said that in February of this year. And if that's true, that could very much be true of WandaVision, but it is definitely not true of this because if we take what we saw in Loki as true, and everything else that has been said about uh, who Kang the Conqueror is going to be as being like the big bad for this next phase of the MCU, uh, you definitely needed to see Loki, especially this last episode, to understand what's happening. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about what, so for those who maybe are still here but didn't watch, Kang was introduced at the very end as, what was that, I think it's called, his name was He Who Remains, was this version of him. Uh, essentially the person who went and created the TVA as a means to prevent another multiverse war where different variations of him or variants of him fight each other for supremacy. And he gave Loki and Sylvie a choice to either kill him and unleash the other versions of Kang or to take over as the supreme commanders of the TVA and continue on his work and keep the multiverse in check. And, uh, Sylvie knocked Loki out of the way and ended up killing this version of Kang. So now shit's gone crazy. Um, But what I really appreciate about this is that the Infinity Saga was interesting in that, yes, it was something that was happening sort of in the background. You might have a stone kind of exist, but but then as you kind of go through it, it's like you really didn't need to know much about those movies in order to get into Infinity War because essentially they were all just kind of playing in the background and then they really didn't do like actually make an effort to advance the plot until infinity war pretty much. But this one is more like if Loki is any indication, it's like, this is going to be like a legit continuing overarching plot between a lot of the movies to the point where it's not like just happening in the background. It's like, this could be at the forefront. I mean, we have Spider-Man no way home, which is going to unlock the multiverse. We have, Doctor Strange in the multiverse of in the multiverse of madness, and for all we know, maybe even Eternals could be an Ant Man playing off of that. An Ant Man, Quantum Mania. Um, so it's like these. This is going to be like, it's it, it's almost like they're beyond. All right, they're beyond going accessible for this. They're all they're now going to say this is going to be frontline plot. It's going to be the main overarching thing. Yeah, there might be some moves that are one off, but a lot of it's just going to be straight through, which is. It's an assumption I'm making, obviously. They, I might be wrong, but it's ballsy and it's super cool. Um, but I will say I was torn on the ending of Loki because they've done a pretty good job of making these shows feel kind of like, ah, the story is complete. 
you know, I'm relatively satisfied with how it turned out. This one, I was like, okay, you just cut it off mid-story. You Infinity Ward me is what you did. I don't and, know. I um, think that's true. You didn't feel okay. satiated by the end of this? You said you were. No, I liked it. Okay. I thought it was good, but it didn't feel like the end of a story. It felt like the beginning of a story. Yeah. I mean, I guess I. it depends on how you view these shows. Like if you assume that WandaVision is a limited series and you assume that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a limited series and this, you went into this thinking that it would be, um, you walked out of the door with a lot of unanswered questions, unlike those mm-hmm. other shows. So like there's stuff out there like, um, where did Judge Renslayer go? Why was Sylvie pruned? Um, and things like that. So I think those are really, really big questions. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know who, is she going to another Kang version or yeah. is it something else altogether? And how also, does this minutes play into this whole thing? What's what's her deal? Who What Lord does she work for? She works for the other one. It's like, she's, it's weird. Why would she work for multiple Kangs? Yeah, that'd be interesting because it definitely seems like um, they don't talk a lot because it was strange to me that Jonathan Majors would say like, oh, she still calls me that. It's kind of weird. So they must not interact that often. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of which, Jonathan Majors shows up. Which is fantastic. Shocking. One hell of a performance. I was just like, holy shit, this guy is going all in. He's going full camp, but in a way that I can't look away from. It was so good. So there are a couple of things about that. The first one is I loved that he was interviewed like a month ago, a few weeks ago, and they were like, hey, you're going to be in uh, Loki? He's like, what's Loki? And he he, he held the Marvel and he's like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. He pulled the Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, he's like, the what now? And what I really love about what they're doing with this is because there are multiple versions of him, that might not be, that is almost certainly not going to be the behavior, manners, and attitude of the Kang the Conqueror that we end up getting. Right. We just got and, this this different Kang. This Kang is like one that's been in existence for all time and is a little bit crazy because of it and loopy. Yeah. So it's like, he almost gets to be completely different characters every yeah. single time we see him. Which is great. I don't know if you ever watched uh, the CW version of The Flash, but there's a character on I did there, for a while. Wells. So Wells, familiar Harrison with him? Wells? Yeah. The wheelchair guy. Yeah, basically how he's like a different version, different character each time. Yeah. Yep, yep. I love that. And so um, I'm hoping John. they just let Jonathan Majors like just do something like that where you are. He is just... Uh, we're getting a different version of him every time. We Makes see, it kind of sad. I like Why? this version of Kang and I wanted to see more of him, but this is probably the last we're going to see of this weird eccentric version. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a big fan of always leaving wanting more. And like you said, this was just such a, um, a splash that I'm glad that they just like, here, this is it. And then it ends before um, you get tired of it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, it was really like engaging, like his whole monologue at the end, his role, like at the end of it, I was just like, I kind of see where he's coming from. Like there's this is like a no-win situation in terms of what the death of him and the disillusion of the TVA would mean for the universe. 
So like, is it the does right? Does that mean move? that you think he's telling know. the truth? You assume yeah, that I think he's, he's telling, telling the truth. truth. Okay. He was telling the truth. I mean, like he he died. The multiverse started splitting off immediately. Things started going crazy. And I'm assuming it's going to lead to more Kangs. Like what part of it would you consider a potential lie? I, it could be all of it, right? Like I don't, this is the first and only time I've met this character. So I can't say. And all we have to go That's on. That's your lawyer side talking. It That's is. your logic like, side talking. I can't, I can't assume that he's telling the truth. Um, the evidence that we have that he is, is circumstantial right like he starts saying like we're beyond threshold and i don't know what's going to happen next that was cool i liked that because you could see his whole mindset change and then like as he was watching them fight you could just see him going like how's this gonna end i don't know i'm so entertained by this (laughs) um yeah that was a lot of fun and i liked all of that like that whole setup in the office it marvel has done a good job at least in some of these shows the talking scenes being just as good, if not more interesting than the action scenes. So they have to be in the shows because it's gonna, it's a huge bulk of it. It's like we get set pieces and then we sit around and talk for at a table for like 15 minutes. I've noticed that with the shows, especially in Loki. Like, watch, yeah. you know, the first couple episodes, it's literally like some little set pieces here and there. And then we're just gonna sit and talk around a table for 15 minutes, you know, yeah. in 15 minute increments. It's, it's kind of crazy. Which is good, when, but still, when it's he weird. pulls out the sheets of what they said, he's like, "Here, here, here," and then like shows them <laughs> what they're going to say next. Um, and he's just not. I, I, again, he was really, really good. Like his reaction, like basically every time they called him a liar, he was like, "I, I guess I could see that." Like he just didn't care. He's just like, "Yeah, yeah sure." Um, I have a question for you. At yes. the end of the show, we get a Loki who is back at the TVA. Um, after Sylvie has killed this version of Kang and he runs up to Mobius and Hunter, is it 95? What's her designation? I don't remember. Um, Hunter. And once you start, once you start turning character names into numbers, he's like, you, I lo- you lost me. Um, and they don't even know who he is. And mm-hmm. they assume that he's an analyst. Is he even in the same timeline anymore that he left? Or did he just get pushed back into someplace completely different? So I don't know because I feel like since the multiverse situation is now a thing, any previous rules we knew about time travel no longer apply. Um, So the rules that the Avengers went through in order to manipulate time back in Endgame, where they don't change the future or the past. Wait, they don't change the future if they go to the past, they don't change the present. If they go to the past, for all we know, that's no longer applicable because of the way things are going. So it's like, I don't even know because by that rule, this wouldn't apply. It wouldn't make sense that Morbius would, Mobius would no longer know who he is because time, it doesn't change the present. The past doesn't change the present. So it's like, it's just things, I don't know, folding in on itself. But at the same time, is it because they're in the TVA and do just our time travel rules there differently because of how TVA kind of sits on a pedestal? I don't well, know. It was supposed to, right? So I, th- I think at the end of this episode, they've blown up their own rule and, you know, not unintentionally, but the idea was that they existed outside of time and they shouldn't have been affected by any of this stuff, but they definitely were. Um, yeah. So I think that that's going to be a very interesting thing going and forward. And I think that's also partial proof that 
Kang wasn't lying. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, like, he was dead, and then that happened. So clearly shit's going down. And then yeah. also we see a statue of him at the very end, which means that a version of him is now, like, I guess the either the legendary guy who created it or someone who's still running it. I don't know. I don't know if how death if it works in the TVA in this version or if it did ever. I really don't know. I don't think ever it did. There was no death really in the TVA except for if you were killed on mission, but you had the potential yeah. to pretty much live forever. Unless you um, got pruned. Unless you got pruned. Uh, but the other thing that I think is interesting is I, I actually think I got some stuff clarified. I think last week or two weeks ago I said time travel in this show doesn't make any sense. But whatever, who cares? The show is entertaining. I think I may have in my head gotten it justified as to how it could make sense. Um, I think there are different versions of Loki that are allowed, obviously. You know, we have the variants. And if there was truly no multiverse, the variants wouldn't be able to exist at all. But they all had a certain point where something changed. Like, if, if there were no multiverse allowed from the day one, Black Loki could have been born and he would have been pruned immediately or something, you know? Boastful like, Loki. He prefers boastful Loki or Bloki. Okay, Bloki. Bloki. Oh, yeah, that's, we talked about that. I was, um, he could have been British. That would have been funny. I don't know. Was he British? I don't remember if he had a British accent. I don't remember. But um, He's anyway. a traitor. That's what matters. He is a traitor. Um, but anyway, so what was I saying? What was I talking about? Oh yeah. Multiverse. So the different so the different multiverse those are allowed on some level. It's just a matter of whether or not they fall outside of a preordained group of timelines that kind of weave together like a rope or something. Um Friendship but wrestling. the Avengers, but the Avengers, they went back in time. They brought a whole army of Thanos back into 20 into the current day, meaning that that 2012 or whatever year that was in the past would kind of go off and ruin things. However, then you think about it, Captain America is going to go back and put all the Infinity Stones in place. However, that doesn't stop that the era of the time after that from having branched off and without Thanos. So how was that able to exist? And then I realized, oh, it probably got pruned. That whole timeline probably got blasted away right after that. Didn't think about that until yesterday. Mm. We just okay. didn't see it. So I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm just going to go with your original thought was it doesn't matter. Like, these are tenant rules. As long as you're entertained, don't think about it too hard. I guess, but they, they're, they're really folding in and on itself. Like, if you're, if you're going by that, it, like, makes it less fun to think about. I still haven't seen Tenet, by the way. Nah, no. I can't wait to see it. Eventually, I'm going to see it, and I'm going to be excited. I'll be like, you I'm going to go all show. in. No. Cause it's a three hour movie. And I was like, I just need to be in the right mood for it. You know, like someday I'm gonna be like, you know what? I'm in the mood. I'm going to get a, I'm going to make myself a sandwich. I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to just sit down. I'm going to, I'm going to sit, put my dog up in a shelter for a day. So he doesn't bother me. Sit in the dark, just watch tenant for three hours. That'll be the day. That'll be a good day. I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, like great show overall. I liked, I liked it. I'm a little bit disappointed that we didn't get more of a resolution, but at the same time, I'm like, well, it gets a season two. I mean, it felt like a season finale on a show. But I'm intrigued how much is going to be resolved in the movies and where that will leave season two. And what if it's going to be like for people who maybe decide to jump onto Loki, but don't follow the other movies and then come back for Loki season two. It's like, what does that mean? 
for them. I don't yeah. Know. And Who I knows what the, the future point. holds? Yeah, I think, well, so for that last thing that you just said, I think that that's going to be the interesting part to me is when will we get a season two of Loki? Right. So there are these things stack on top of each other and they're not necessarily on top of each other, but they have to fit in a very specific place for the movies and shows to make sense. And so one of the reasons why it was so hard to get the Netflix folks, uh, the defenders into the movies is because of shooting schedules and all this other stuff. And so now, now that these Disney plus shows are fully integrated into the MCU, how long will we have to wait for season two of Loki for it to make sense within the storytelling that they're doing for the next part of the MCU? I think, so looking at the shows, doesn't seem like there's going to be much there, but looking at the movies, I think there's a potential. I think Shang-Chi is going to be its own thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to connect that much. I think Eternals could, which comes out this year. Spider-Man No Way Home probably will if rumors are correct and all the people who are involved and then definitely Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which comes out early next year. So I don't think it's going to take maybe a few months or less before we actually see ramifications. You know what I think is interesting about this? And this is probably the last thing I'll say about it. I thought it was interesting that Kevin Feige came out and said that he doesn't consider Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. canon. But now we basically have another agency within the MCU that could potentially take the place of that. Like if they wanted to do like some sort of episodic or something like that, they, they now have the TVA where they can Agents go around. TVA. Yeah. I mean, that so. could be what Loki becomes, period, for all we know. Yep. That would have been interesting if they took up the throne and then the next season would be just them going on time pruning adventures. That'd be really lame, but... <laughs> I thought happen. that's what they were going to do for a second. I'm glad they surprised me. Yeah, because well, for me, I, I was there. I was just like, there's no way they're not going to kill him. Like, they got to set things in motion. If they don't kill him, I'll just be like, huh, well, they really didn't want to take any risks. Like, it was, I'm happy they did. Yeah. I'm happy they did. What? Okay, so I said this last thing to say. I guess I have a question now. Why do you think he kept wearing that TVA outfit? Who? Is it because he's changing? Loki. Loki? Yeah. kept wearing it you mean he just how he didn't change how he's in the suit the whole time because he was on an adventure didn't wasn't thinking about his clothes i don't know that doesn't seem very loki to me he seemed and, and maybe that is oh indicative of the right. fact that he has changed because he could have created something and put it over himself could he have in the actual tva because ours aren't his powers a little bit well so when he was in the, in the void he made the blanket for both of them they weren't um, in a void then were they Whatever. they were that, they were in a, they were they were in another planet on another planet when he did that right wasn't that when they were on the other planet no 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 i'm talking about at the end right before they went to alroth whatever his name is oh yeah that so was when it was yeah, yeah they were in another place that's not the tva i think in the tva he doesn't have any abilities to do stuff but outside of the tva including the void because i think been it's outside places. the tva right so remember the very first time they went to try to solve the mystery of what happened to the other hunter um mm-hmm. he was wearing the tva jacket then i'm just surprised it's it's interesting and it like i said to me it seemed like it is more indicative of the fact that he has changed than anything else by not changed changing. a lot in this yeah he by became, not changing he has changed he became kind of almost uninteresting by the end of this season he was very much like <gasps> serious and like logical 
And I, I was just like, hmm, where'd my Loki go? Where'd my boy so go? Here's the thing that I don't think that they've referenced in the movies, um, but they definitely said it in some Marvel literature. And they were saying that the Mind Stone affected him. So when he was oh. walking around wielding that staff, that scepter, remember how he was like all sweaty and gross looking in uh, Avengers 2012? I just thought Supposedly that that was, that was part of it. Joss Whedon not understanding the character that was established in Thor. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> Why is he all sweating? Um, no, apparently, I'll find it and send it to you. But that was a thing. That was an explanation they were given. It has never been referenced in the movies or anything like that. But it's supposed to be like official um, canon lore. And it seems interesting that that hasn't come up. And this would have been the perfect opportunity to discuss that. Yeah, but no. We'll just accept that Loki is, is a slowly changing man. Yeah. I don't think you were on the show where I wanted to um, talk about that because it felt like they almost cheated. Um, okay. That by showing him where he ended up, he instantly became Thor Ragnarok Loki. Yeah. I kind of appreciate that or an infinite infinity war. Cause the thing is like, he went through a change. We don't need to get him a hundred percent there, but we can at least push him along a little bit so that we're not retreading the same ground. Um, and even then it took him a couple more episodes before he kind of like became a little bit more on board with that stuff. Cause he was still relatively mischievous up to that point for a bit. Um, so this will be a funny transition. Men in black three there's a scene where Jermaine Clement is the bad guy and there's some time travel in that. And he, the older version goes to the younger versions like, Hey, you're going to mess up on this mission. You're going to end up in prison for like, like a decade or decades. And the younger version's like, that wasn't me. That was you. You screwed up. You did all this stuff. And so that's not going to happen to me. And it's very interesting. Um, that could have been a route that they went with this where, quote unquote younger Loki was like that's not me like that guy failed that's not me I'm not gonna fail so yeah but the problem is given the way times turns out is it would have inevitably happened because that's sure. the way it was preordained to happen well, so it's like yes. you had to supersede time in order to make it a thing I only say that I don't say that to mean that he actually could have changed it I say that to mean that it's interesting that he just didn't react that way because to me the men in black reaction for a character as boastful and arrogant as Loki is, seems like a more correct reaction. That's not me. I'm not going to make those same mistakes. I'm not going to get my throat uh, broken by that. Like, it just, it's interesting to me. And it's but up until reaction. that point, he had been humbled thoroughly several times before that point. Like, there are several points where, like, uh, like seeing that guy get pruned in front of him. <laughs> essentially seeing his whole life flash before his eyes and like all these other things that like not being able to use his powers it's like he's for the first time realizing like oh i'm not in control so maybe he was just in a vulnerable place to where it's like after you get shown all these things and your innate being which are maybe your powers get nerfed maybe you're probably more willing to accept what's in front of you yeah so let me read this to you. Uh, this is from uh, Marvel's website. 
And so there was a theory that came out on Reddit where they talked about the Mind Stone impacting Loki. And then on Marvel's site, this is what they said. Arriving at the sanctuary through a wormhole caused by the Bifrost, Loki met the other, ruler of the ancient race of extraterrestrials, the Centauri and Thanos. Offering the god of mischief dominion over his brother's favorite realm, Earth, Thanos requested the Tesseract in return. Gifted with a scepter that acted as a mind control device, Loki would be able to influence others. Unbeknownst to him, the scepter was also influencing him, fueling his hatred over his brother Thor and the inhabitants of Earth. Yeah. So that's official Marvel canon. Yeah, you just can't include all those things in a movie that's like two and a half hours long, I guess. <laughs> or a TV show that has six episodes. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so yeah that's it you got anything else to say about uh loki or bloki or no. alligator loki or classic loki Loki. you weren't like on the I show like when we talked about that episode were you alligator loki yeah i was or uh like classic that was last loki. week classic loki. uh yeah i mean we didn't talk were in you? depth about it yeah because no. that was last week right i don't remember my, was that last I week don't maybe i didn't i don't know I don't know, I man. It was Why? episode four or five that you didn't show. What, do, what do you want to say? I don't know. Classic Loki was the fucking goat. It was awesome. Yeah, he was good. That's all, That's all I want to say. Um, can you hear the dogs barking in the background? Who let the dogs out? I say that every single time I let the dog out. I'll be like, I'll let the dog out. Too. I'll let the dog out. Whenever I'm about to let him out. I, I mean, say it to myself. I feel like it, it it makes it slightly worse just based on this interaction, but uh, Black Widow doesn't have very many dogs. No dogs at all. It's dogless. Doesn't make it a bad movie, though. What are you talking about? Are you saying the movie doesn't have any dogs in it? Yeah. The movie does have a dog in it. Does it? Who's the dog? Yeah. What dog? It's, it's, a, it's a German Shepherd dog that's guarding the prison. It's, it's one of them that likely died in the avalanche <laughs> that happened. Um. Confirmed. Marvel kills dog. <laughs> it was running inside with the its its handler inside the building as the avalanche was happening. Right. Just yeah. for it was a Russian seconds. dog though, right? It was a Russian dog. Yeah, it had an accent right, and everything. Then. It's all right then. It's fine. As long as it's not roof, American. Roof, dog. roof. It's <laughs> pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Thank you for laughing at that. I'm not used to people laughing at my joke, and used to my wife just rolling her eyes. Oh no! Like, Ru- Russian you. German Shepherd accent, like Russian accent. That is, that's a good joke. That's funny. Um, so Black Widow came out, and it was a glorious theater-going experience. I got to go to an Alamo Draft House. I, I had you. fucking, I had lunch. I had a beer. I got to go and just chill. Oh my god, it was. I don't want to hear. It was glorious. And so Marvel movies are like my special thing, where whenever there's a Marvel movie that came out before when I lived in Colorado, we would meet with uh, Tanya actually. Tanya would, would, she lived in Colorado Springs at the time. We lived up in Greeley and we would meet halfway at the Littleton Alamo draft house. And we would have dinner and like fucking eat and stuff and it was great. And uh, by the way, funny story, one time she definitely went completely to the wrong Alamo draft house an hour away, which was funny. So she showed up like 40 minutes into Dr. Strange Ooh. um yeah that was 
I'm surprised she showed up after that. That's uh, quite a mistake. But anyway, so Alamo Drafthouse and Marvel are like inexorably linked into my psyche. So it was nice to be able to go back to a theater for a Marvel movie and to have a good time. So already positive experience from the get-go. Well, by contrast, I tried to get some people to go see it and they all fucking bailed on me. And so I ended up having to pay the 30 bucks to watch it at home. So oh. there's that. Um, Did you watch yeah. it with your family? Yeah, but I also hated them because they were the ones I was supposed to go see it with. This was, <laughs> you know, the opposite experience that you had. It's like, oh God, I'm watching this movie and I just hate these people right now. So <laughs> that's what happened. Um, okay, well, I, I was able to mark it up from the get-go because it's a great theater-going experience. Wait, wait, and... before we care what you thought, hold on. We got to see what everybody else thought. Okay. Hey, uh, Nick, what did you think of Black Widow? No, not those people. The, the oh. people that matter. So Black Widow has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, those people. Those people. An 81% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics. So I think this movie started out fresh, unlike uh, the movie we're going to have to watch in a little bit. And a 92% with the critics. I'm sorry, with the uh, audience. So I think that that is pretty interesting. Um, folks were pretty excited for this flick. Unlike me, like when I saw the trailer, I was not into this movie, but let's get into mm -hmm. the synopsis. Natasha Romanoff, AKA Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger. I, ha I'm, I hate that word now. I just got to say Ledger? That. Yes. Uh, I hate it too. Ledger. Everyone used to always go back to like, oh, she needs to fix her ledger. Her ledger has written the fuck off. You, you got written in the so ledger. Here's the, thing. here's the thing. I actually, this is what I hate more than anything in the world. I don't know why, but because it's the lifeblood of every fandom ever. But when people take words and they really cling on to them and they really try to add a lot of things to them, like, for example, when people start creating shit out of thin air, like in the opening of Star Wars The Force Awakens, mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many people were just like, oh, Max von Sydow's character. I, I can't wait. I wonder about that old man. I want to know more about him. I was like, no, I don't care about him. He showed up in the opening. He played his part and he fucking moved on. Don't care about him. But that's everything, right? Like, who's the kid at the end of The Last Jedi? Who Shut the is, fuck like, up. Yeah, there's just the a kid bunch is, of that. Yeah, I hate that. So when people go like, oh, red in my ledger, it's like people say, oh, we have to get to the bottom of the red in that ledger, man. It's like, no, we don't. We we're, really we're gonna don't. Get to, we're going to get to Budapest. We're going to see what happens. Or is it Yeah, Budapest? we're going to get to Budapest or Budapest. Or Budapest. Budapest. Barcelona. Budapest. Barcelona. Barcelona. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy. And the broken relationship left her in wake long? What? Left her wake long before she became an Avenger? What a terrible synopsis. Wait, where's the synopsis? Huh? It's pursued by a force. And the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. There she must go. deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left her wake a long long before she became an avenger it See? makes sense it's awkward it's awkward it's awkward right there but i will say beforehand i i feel bad saying what i just said because of making fun of people just having fun with their media you can have fun with your media i'm just saying for some reason i just hate it i don't know why it's 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 i understand it's stupid so you know what it is jammer. You're such a don't get don't get invested to the point where you get mad like oh we never got we never got to see her open her ledger and then and then unread it and we'll never get to see what happened between her and Hawkeye, right? I mean, we still have the Hawkeye sh show coming up, so who knows? You think we're going to do it? No, I don't think so, and I hope we don't. 
I hope we don't. I really don't yeah. want it. Not because I don't think it will be good. I so you have a you don't like clinging to all of the stuff. I don't like the need to show like every little thing. Like that was probably my biggest problem with solo is like we need to show you every little thing. It's okay yep. to just mention a thing and let it be a thing, and you can just imagine it for what it is. That said, uh, Rogue One was pretty good. <laughs> no, fuck off. Rogue One's awful. I hate Rogue One. And also, that said, I like what they did with the vest in this movie. <laughs> that was good. That was good. We'll talk more about that later. We'll talk but, about the vest. Well, in a bit. But before we get into the vest, Jonesy, uh, what were your, what's your Twitter review for Black Widow? Shockingly good. And I only say that because I didn't like the trailer. Um, I was not impressed. As someone who wasn't impressed by the trailers for this movie, this was far and away better than I thought it would be. I would say supported by a great cast, Black Widow manages to be an entertaining and surprisingly emotional send-off for the beloved Marvel character. I like it. I can dig it. Yeah. Print that. Put that on a box somewhere. Need to get it on the Blu-ray. Yeah, so that's my that's my little review. But let's let's dig into some spoilers about what this is. So if you don't want to be spoiled by the events of this film, don't listen any further. Just go see the movie, or you know, fuck it, listen, listen anyway. We want you here. We need we need the metrics that we definitely follow. Uh, so yeah, so this was this was great. Um, takes place between Civil War and Infinity War when she's on the run caps on the run on by himself and i think this is actually technically in between the climax of civil war and the moment where tony stark gets that phone from cap yes um because i think so sex state walks in and he says we've got these people locked up so it's some and then and, and at the end of the movie she says i have to break some people out of prison or whatever right. So, so implying yeah. that she helped Steve Rogers break them out of uh, the raft. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Which makes sense, right? Like, yeah. I remember at the end of Civil War, I'm like, how the fuck did he get into this underwater prison and do all this stuff? But if he had someone like her helping out, I'm like, yep. Especially with a Quinjet. It makes it that much more plausible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. They had a Quinjet um, that they got from the British guy who helped her out. And uh, so I, what I really liked from the get-go, I really liked how much they humanized Black Widow in this movie. They just had little things, like little details. Like we were making a joke about it earlier, the Budapest part where she kept correcting him. He's like, it's Their whole Budapest. relationship. Yeah. It was like she, she was human. And when she, was, and when she was sitting there in the trailer and on her laptop talking along to this movie that she was watching, also a very humanizing moment. Like just, yeah. just little things. And then her relationship with her, with her family or her sister specifically, um, which was also bolstered by how amazing uh, Florence Pugh was as Yelena in this movie. She was so good. Yeah, like was not expecting her to be this good. Like just really endearing, funny. Um, I felt sorry for her as well, you know, based on, I got that dinner scene around the table where she talked about how like the best part of her life was basically was just a part that was fake for everybody. And it's just like, Oh, I felt so bad for her. Yeah. And they just made her, they gave her so many great moments where like more humanity shown in her so much, like the part where she was lowering the helicopter and she started getting shot at and black widow. She's like, what are you doing? She's like, we're both doing a good job. 
we're both doing a good job just that type of thing her making fun of her stance posing yeah her posing you pose? you're such a poser <laughs> but not even but also there was an interesting thing just the way that she was played there's like this weariness to her oh. no but there's this weariness to her where it's like not necessarily that she's like I always get the, I feel like because of all the fights she's been in, there's always, she's always like sore, like either her muscles are sore or she has something hurting on her body that I never really get the impression from anyone else. I feel like, oh, like she's kind of moving her around just being like that. Like when she was doing the, the posing thing, the way she did it, she did it slow to the point. It looked like her body was sore and she was kind of struggling to get in position. Um, and yeah. And then she mentioned like Thor not having to take ibuprofen after a battle i'm just like oh it's like oh this girl is she's hurting all the time like when she's 80 she's gonna be hurting so that was good for two reasons i loved it was almost a thor ragnarok moment where um thor is talking to the jet and he's like strongest avenger and it's like no no not you and in this scene she's like yeah they were always afraid that if they killed you one of the big ones would come after him she's like wait what do you mean big ones they're like yeah you're you're a human like it's not you nobody's worried about you the avenger they're worried about (laughs) thor the fucking alien god that's who they're worried about um i thought that that was funny yeah um what other great parts were there that that part around the dinner table was great it went through what i really appreciate i think this really highlights because a lot of people go like oh this is like a spy movie and stuff like james bond slash spy movie the thing about what i think sets marvel apart from like a james bond movie or a mission impossible movie apart from you know stunts and all that is that this movie grinds to a halt to develop oh someone froze is that me or is it you develop characters can you hear me yeah so you i heard develop and then it froze and then i just heard you say develop characters can you hear me now i can hear you now okay uh but yeah like they're um they take they take pains to develop like actually stop they like stop the whole movie to develop it to develop these scenes and like the her talking about the vest and how great her vest was and how it had all those pockets which we could talk about the vest now i love that she's wearing this vest in infinity war no one really cared about the vest but i like the fact that they added it that she just talked about how great the vest was because it was just such a stupid thing where clearly this vest is just kind of silly but like she just really likes it and I think yeah. we all have those things that for, for we irrationally just like, oh my God, I fucking love these pants because stupid reason, insert stupid reason here. But they, they really just added sort of this um, innocence to her character because like she is on, she's free for the first time in her life. And the thing that's most important to her is this stupid vest just because it was like the first thing that she got and how much it, it represented her just getting some sort of control in her life. And then her giving that to her sister, which is like, ah, oh, it works. So I'm going to do a thing. I, I completely understand how she feels because I remember the very first paint, what I bought with the first paycheck that I ever got. I went and got a black jean jacket. It was a guest jean jacket that I got. And I loved that thing. I don't even know if I have it anymore, but I completely understand. It had lots of pockets. I had like, two nice chest pockets and all that other stuff so I, I completely understand how she feels about this thing that you buy with your first little taste of freedom so i also love when <laughs> black widow's like fine your vest is good she's like i knew it i knew you liked it it's good like you can have all these put things in these pockets and you wouldn't even know <laughs> yeah. like, she's a great i like her as a character um she's very uh little sister like 
and not in an annoying way. Um, mm. And it, I don't know if Natasha meant what she said about it being great, but just the fact that she- I don't think she did. With it. I don't yeah. think she did. She was just like, I don't care about this vest, but if you like she it, good care. for you. Yeah, she didn't care. She was just like, I know, it's so great. Um, but speaking of grinding things to a halt, the whole uterus discussion aboard the helicopter was fucking crazy. The fact that they would do that, um, it, it went on longer than I thought it would. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. And I hope that there were lots of people in the audience that reacted the same way that he did, where they're just like, oh, I can't, I can't deal with this. Like, it's funny. That's what happens. It's really funny. So. I mean, the thing about it, it's like, it's, it's just, it like destigmatizes that type of thing. It's just like, yeah, it's a fucking vaginas are just body parts you just go in yeah. there and you like you clip you, you, you just clip shit out and you rip it out so it's like yes yeah, what it is it's like it's like you put these like a lot of things like you sexualize these certain parts of the body to the point where they're just like not bodies as much as they are like just sexual things and the fact they kind of went is like yeah they're just humans and they go in there and they fuck with the insides and it's just a very clinical thing like that's that is what it is um yeah. and i just think that was really cool of them to just sort of have in this type of movie that I didn't expect. Let me ask you about the actual plot of this movie. So the plot that I read, the summary was relatively vague. The more specific plot is there's a general who is interested in using the black widows that he has acquired to basically run a world from the shadows. Um, in order to help him in his task, he also has someone by the name of Taskmaster. Um, so we've seen them in trailer. This is a known comic book character. Um, what did you think about all of that, that overarching plot to this movie? I liked it because it managed to make it about her past without doing the thing like, oh, we're going to have a flashback to when she was in the program and cover the exact same territory that Joss Whedon hinted at. It's like now that you're dealing with it in the present day and kind of dealing with the ramifications and dealing with her past without necessarily having to go to the past. Um, so I thought it was creative as far as Taskmaster, how that character was handled. I don't know anything about Taskmaster from the comics. So Taskmaster, I said, I think I think it's a Taskmaster, it's a Taskmaster. Um, so I didn't mind it too much. It felt a little bit, it felt pretty contrived, but at the same time, I thought Taskmaster was okay. A little okay. uninteresting. It almost felt like we didn't necessarily need it. Maybe it just felt like it wasn't needed. Maybe I that's just the best way to do of saying it. it. That's just fine. I mean, it, I don't think it took away from the movie, but I'm not sure it added that much. But I could see their need to. I say that, but at the same time, there was this aspect of her killing the little girl in that final attack, and how that would have scarred her. And did we need a resolution for that? I don't know. Probably not. No. So I, I'm I'm, walk, I'm working through my feelings on it. Yeah, I don't know if it adds a whole lot to it, um, but it's just uh, it also does add to the monster nature of the main character and how he was willing to do that to his own daughter, right? And um, make you hate him a little bit more in case you didn't hate him enough already. Here's why I don't like it. Um, I like Taskmaster as a character, um, even in this movie. I thought it was fine. I thought it was serviceable. Um, and the overarching plot that I described, I like because it relates back to, you know, kind of the Moonraker plot. Like it's, it's basically James Bond overall. What okay. I don't like about what they did with Taskmaster was 
I don't know that this is true. This is just me uh, doing some conjecture. The way Black Widow seems to refer to the red in her ledger, I could very easily imagine her thinking about the child and having murdered a child being the thing that she can't get out of her mind. And so now we've, we've uh, the fact that she's not dead, she's been alleviated of a lot of that. And so I could see that from both sides. I don't like it because I like that she did this kind of terrible thing and just has to deal with that. On the other side of that, um, I, it almost, and I'm curious whether or not this makes her sacrifice and in game better or worse. And I'm not sure. I have to go back and it, watch it. I don't think it adds or takes away for me at least hmm. either way. Um, I I'm still not happy with it, to be honest. But yeah, I don't know. What did you think of uh, Scarlett Johansson in this? Cause I know you didn't like her for the longest time. Yeah, I just, I think part of it was I did not like what Joss Whedon did with her versus what the Rousseaus did with her. She seemed to do better in um, Winter Soldier and basically every movie that the Rousseaus directed, she was a better character to me than Avengers 1 and 2. Um, yeah. And even, like, she was kind of just a background character in Iron Man 2. So, um, I thought that she did well in this. Um, and a lot of it was what you were referring to uh, was humanizing her. The director did a very good job of putting her in situations where we got to see sides of her personality that we didn't really get to see in any of the other movies to the point where, like even in Winter Soldier, there were times where we thought we were seeing her real personality, but we weren't even 100% sure, if that makes sense. Um, sometimes her interactions with Steve Rogers, and I think part of it was because he was our point of view character, he wasn't 100% sure that what he was seeing from her was true. And so- You're talking about and, the scene where they're in the car and she asks, who do you want me to be? Yeah, so yeah. just a couple of scenes like that. And you're just like, I don't, I don't know what, whether or not what I'm getting from this character is real. And then this, it definitely seemed like she was. So you talked about her interaction with the British guy that she worked with in Budapest. Um, Budapest. Budapest? Budapest. Okay. Um, that interaction, you definitely could see her react to him in a way that she normally didn't react. And it wasn't like, it was really just her discomfort with somebody that seemed to genuinely care about her. Um, and she got defensive again and crossed her arms and said, well, I don't pay you to care about me. And she, she kind of reasserted her walls. And I, I loved that, right? It was just a little hint of who she was. And then she went back to being what we've always known her to be. So little subtle things like that, I think, served her better as an actress and as a character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think here, is there anything else specifically? I just liked her a lot. Like I see, you got the humanization between her and uh, her sister is just, it was so good. It was really fucking good in the movie. And it made me care. Like, it, like I said, it's, they, they, they let us grind to a screeching halt to develop these characters, which is why to me, they play better than James Bond and Mission Impossible movies, because like, I've actually know what's going on and I actually care about what's going on, which is in mission, instead of like a Mission Impossible and recent Bond movies, it's more like, oh, what do they got to do? Oh, wait, you know what? They're smiling. I think they won. I think they succeeded. So I think we're good. 
And they're like, where are we going to this? It doesn't matter. Okay, are they succeeding in the mission? Well, they're not dead. So I think we're in the clear for now. It's like, okay, well then we're good. Um, so it manages to have those more spy elements with me actually caring about who's at the center of it. In your Twitter review, you referenced the supporting cast. Um, what did you think of Weiss and Harbor? Because those are the people that we haven't really talked a lot about. Harbor, I thought was a lot of fun. Um, I think he was just having a ball. That guy just seems like he was having a good time. Like I'm in a Marvel movie, like almost in the same way where he was putting on his outfit, being like, oh my gosh, I'm putting on an outfit. I'm so happy to be here today. Like, I just felt like he had a lot of fun. Um, I liked the sort of BSer aspect he brought into him, like this, his delusions of grandeur that he had, that people would put him on the same level as Captain America. And just to the point where it seems like he bought into his own story to the point where he was asking Black Widow if Cap ever brought him up. I'm like, bitch, you never met him. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, you have no idea what you're talking about. It physically makes no sense. As the guy mentioned that he was in prison before Cap got out. So, or got out of ice, like thought. So like, it, there would have been impossible unless maybe you ran into the Winter Soldier at some point. That'd be and you know, maybe that's, you confused him with Cap. I don't fucking know. So, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting. So I thought he was fun. Um, I thought he was likable while still kind of having an edge to him, an edge of coldness because he ultimately did give up these girls. You know, he was just playing a part and he talked about how much they bored, how bored he was in that time and how much he just wanted to go out and actually do missions and stuff. So it's like, there was a humanity to him, but also sort of like a coldness that was like, I really bought you know, he very much felt like a deadbeat dad. And then yeah. uh, Rachel Weiss's character, she was a lot more subdued and a little bit harder to read. And I thought that was really interesting to the point where like, I wasn't sure what to think of her character until the very end. And while I think she wasn't nearly as entertaining, but there was like a steadiness to her and a warmth that I appreciated, especially as we got to know her a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I still feel like I didn't understand her completely. Did you think that it was an intentional misdirect to make you think that she might have been Taskmaster? No, I never thought she was Taskmaster. Interesting. Didn't even dawn on me. I thought maybe she was bad. I didn't think she was Taskmaster, though. Interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. What made you think she was Taskmaster? I don't remember right now. Um, I think there was some... Oh, I think watching Taskmaster move... I keep saying Taskmaster. Taskmaster... Yeah, it's hard um, to say. Like, and I said tax master at one point. So <laughs> that's going to be the next, you know, QuickBooks competitor is tax master, and I just have him tax. on the photo. But <laughs> um, I, I think I might just be blowing shit out of my ass. I thought watching Taskmaster move, I knew it was a woman, um, mm -hmm. and so because she was gone so long, I thought that it might have been her. And then at some point I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. And I think when we got the flashback of the daughter being blown up, I was like, no, that's right. So didn't even dawn on me. Didn't like honestly, I didn't know who to expect. I remember when she took off her mask. I'm like, am I supposed to know who that is? Is that an actor or who is that? It took me a few seconds. And then they mentioned who it was. I was like, oh, okay, that's who that is. So I I'm slow. I love that that kind of ruins the reveal a little bit that you don't know who she is. Um because you have no connection to her as an adult. It reminds me of, I don't know if you ever watched Justice League Unlimited, but there was one where Lex Luthor did a body swap with the Flash and Lex Luthor 
I was like, all right, fine. At least I can figure out who Barry, who, who uh, the Flash is. And he takes off the mask. And he's like, I have no idea who this is. Like, <laughs> it was always this thing, like, you know, in, in superhero comic books and all this other stuff, like, as soon as somebody loses their mask or something, like, somebody's like, oh, it's that person. Like, there are so many people in the world. Like, the likelihood yeah. that they would know that. I love that. So yeah, you're like, I don't know who this is. I have no idea who this person is. I can just imagine this being a thing where it's like another another character like takes off somebody's mask. It's like, I know who you are now. And then they try to describe like, all right, who was it? I don't know. He was white. He had a he had a square chin. He had dark hair, unless it's dyed. Yeah, I don't know. Would you recognize we saw him? Probably not. Pretty unmemorable. <laughs> the algorithm just shits on itself. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Um, I also, so I think one of the other easy comparisons to make with this is, um, uh, Winter Soldier. I thought the action in this was really good. Uh, some of the hand-to-hand fight scenes, especially between, um, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, towards the beginning, like there was stuff that they were doing where I love action where you know that the people are going to walk away from this. But even as I watch it, I'm just like, ooh, ugh, ah, like I had, I had, the, the fight scene between Black Widow and Florence Pugh. I felt many of those moments, mm-hmm. like the part where where Black Widow gets like launched partway, and I think part of like either her foot or her head like hits, it like knocks off part of like a wall or something yeah. as she's getting thrown through. I was like, oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. which which added to the weariness of of Yelena's character and her like seeming like she's sore the entire time. Yeah, um, there were a couple of scenes where I remember when the, when the one widow was chasing them and then she fell down into like the shallow um, water with like cobblestones with shallow water on it. And then they, they show you overhead and her like, leg is twisted the other way. Just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it um, painful. Yeah, I... And even Black Widow, when she was falling from that point and hitting those pipes, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. They got um, that Russo crunchy action going on. Which I really like. So to your point about James Bond and Mission Impossible movies, like I felt the, the general pain uh, yeah. they were feeling. I think they did a good job of showing like these people were, were hurt. So um, what do you think is going to happen with... Um, so Florence Pugh just kind of assume what's going to happen with her. She will likely join up with what was the young avengers what, what did you say young avengers yeah avengers. you think so i think she's gonna be on the dark avengers with um u.s agent uh yeah i mean but i think she's not destined to be bad yeah no i think that she so julia louis dreyfus at the end in the post credit scene comes to recruit her um just like she did with u.s agent not quite. Sick. She's already has her. Not that she's because you get the impression sorry, that yeah, she's yeah. already right. working for her. You're right. Um, um, so what I think, what I think here. So what do you think? I think it's interesting that this was originally supposed to be that character's reveal, Valentina's reveal. So this would have been the first time we saw her. So it's almost like we saw it backwards. It's so weird. Like this would have been the moment where like, like Who, who's this? Okay. <laughs> we should. I haven't seen this fucking movie uh anyway we would have seen her here and then we would have gotten a little bit more of her in the falcon and the winter soldier i just think it's so interesting how it got flipped 
Um, but yeah, I think, uh, so at the end of it, she shows, she's like, do you want to see the reason why your sister's dead? And then he's like, he's your next mission. And then she looks at his Hawkeye and I'm just like, fuck, why? I don't want that. Yelena's good. Hawkeye's good. I don't want them to go against each other. This will be interesting. So seems very tropey, right? Because they're going to fight and it's like, oh no, we're both good guys. So what? I like tropes. They work. We'll see. We'll see how it works. Do you think that this is going to tie into the Hawkeye show? Yes, 100%. I would be surprised. I'd be very surprised if Yelena is not in Hawkeye as maybe the, the antagonist or one of them. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So that's what I thought it was going to be. And then at the end of it, things are going to change. We're going to have blah, 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 blah. Things shake out a different way. Uh, But yeah, I think she will be one of the antagonists. I feel like when you're talking about something related to Julia Louis-Dreyfus, you have to say yada, yada, yada. Otherwise, it's just... Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, I never, I never, never really got into Seinfeld that much. I watched enough episodes to know what that is, but... (sighs) Not get into it. Anyway, um, what would you rate this movie? using the letter grades letter using c as an average because as i say every fucking week that's what a c is it's an average it's it's average rating um a minus b plus Uh, a minus i can't really think of anything that i didn't like about this movie i think think the villain was a bit hammy in a not necessarily a great way like he was fine but like, it, well, he wasn't the most interesting to me, which is not necessarily a bad thing because as Marvel's proven, you don't need to have a super interesting villain in order to be good. He was, he was a formidable antagonist and the part where she smashed her own face against the desk didn't make any sense, but it was fucking metal. What? So I, I'm on board with it. I mean, are you really going to be able to freaking destroy a nerve on the bridge of your nose with one hit? I mean, are you going to be able to survive falling from a tower in space? And I don't know. Like that is... How can I put this? Of all of the crazy things that happen in this movie, that's not the thing to be concerned about. Fair enough. I can afford um, that. And I feel like they did a good job of, even before it happened, I was like, oh, this is what's going to have to happen to make that happen. Yeah. So it felt like it was um, foreshadowed in a fairly organic way. Um, yeah. So you've talked me into it, A minus. Because otherwise yeah. it would have been an A, but you're right. Like the the villain is like, he's fine. He's serviceable. He does exactly the job that he's supposed to do. Um, so I'd give it an A minus. I also give it an A minus. I think that he's sort of the main thing. And then also Taskmaster, while I don't think it was bad, I just feel like once he revealed who she was, you didn't, I feel like I would have wanted a little bit more in terms of who she is as a character and how he affected her. But literally we just kind of got like a blank slate a bit and sort of like is he gone and it's like yeah it makes sense but it, it didn't feel as satisfying as i want it to be so um i feel like you would have needed to have her like an understanding of like what did that ship being in the back of her head actually do to her did she feel mm-hmm. tortured was she uh just a complete slave so we we got the widows who were under some sort of mind control was it like that did she see what was happening but couldn't control it um, I'm curious about all of that. Yeah. So yeah, I, a minus. I thought it was really good. Like it, I think it was probably had the strongest emotional core of any standalone Marvel movie. Maybe any of them. I have to think yeah. about that. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? So I can think about it. I felt 
very emotional watching this movie in a way that I never am during a standalone Marvel movie. I felt it during Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And I felt it um, a bit a bit during Civil War. But other than that, I don't think but there's another Civil one. Civil War that I even like... count. Yeah, that's the thing, does it? I don't know. But yeah, so this is the one where I'm like, ooh, I feel I'm feeling really I'm really feeling this relationship between Yelena and, and Natasha. And I feel like, you know, tearing up, crying almost, not like weeping, but just sort of like tearing up, tears streaming down my face, or at least one or two. Uh, while, you know, the table scene when she was just like, this is the only real thing. This is like the best part of my life. And it was not even real for you. I'm just like, they kind of built up to that with how much, which is kind of how innocent she is and just how much I felt for her at the very, at that point. I'm like, yeah, I, uh, I'm feeling things. And I can't think yeah. of any other Marvel movie that did that for me. I think standalone movies, yeah, that's that's pretty high up there. Um, that, I think you're probably right. I can't think of another one. That would, I can't think of one either. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, I also give it an A minus. So, what do you think, dear audience? Did you like this movie as much as we seem to like it? We'll never know what Nick and Danny think of it. We prune them. That's why. We've pruned them from the timeline. Um, but yeah, that, that, do you have anything else you want to say? No, I have nothing else. All right. you, I guess you could do the thing now where you close it all you up. You want me to do the thing? I can do the thing. You, you could do the thing. All right. Well, dear listener, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Also, LRM has other great content on the website. Where else but LRMonline.com. And as Jammer said, if you want to let us know what you think of Black Widow, Join us on Discord. Shout it out. Say what you think. Uh, you could talk about that or Loki. Other than that, Jammer, where can good people find you? You can find me on Twitter at JamTheWriter and all of my books under the name AJ Serna on Amazon and Audible. And if you don't know what those books are, they are Gin Tamer and Mithrune Online. Those are the name of the series. Awesome. And you can find me, Sir Jones's. Oh, white. Wow, that's really weird. You can find me at Sir Jones on Twitter. And you can also find me right here on Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, which we didn't introduce. That's what you're listening to, by the way. If you're somehow confused, it's the podcast that you stumbled on. Welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. And also goodbye. To all who Catch come you. to this happy place, welcome. <laughs> that, was, that was Walt Disney. I see. We'll catch you up next time. Excellent. Awesome. Don't get any on you. Mission accomplished. What did uh what did King say? We'll we'll see you later. Who? Kang? Conquer? Conquer dude? Uh, I I don't even know. You called him Kingslayer. Did I? I said King the Conqueror. I think you said Kingslayer. Uh maybe. We'll find out when I get to the recording. Uh yeah, he's like something like, I'll see you later. Something like that. After she stabbed him. Oh, he's like yeah, I think he said see you soon. Oh, okay. Smile you later. That's what he said. <laughs> smell you later. That would have been amazing <laughs> if he said that. He was like, smell you later. Ah. <laughs> All right. I will uh, I'll end this bad boy. And then I'll have a
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.